It's time for Forward Nation Radio. Now here he is, the host of Forward Nation Radio, David Leventhal. Welcome to Forward Nation Radio. I'm David Leventhal. On today's show, winter storm devastation across the United States. Lincoln Project troubles have us asking, are there any good Republicans? And Trump survives impeachment, of course. As much as we try to put him in our rearview mirror, we just can't. You can take this shit out of the White House, but... I don't know how to complete this metaphor, actually, but you can't get the shit off of Forward Nation Radio, apparently, or off of our news. Anyway, let's start, though, with a couple of news stories on the somewhat lighter front, uh, since it's going to get a lot darker as we go on. First off, of course, over the last week or so, we've learned that the former president, Donald Trump, is not going to get intelligence briefings. It is normal for former presidents of the United States to get intelligence briefings. This one will not. Sort of great to watch Biden kind of say, why? A question that we all would ask ourselves. Why would Trump possibly get intelligence briefings? We are reminded he didn't get them when he was president. It was too much trouble for him to get intelligence briefings when he was president. Why the hell would he get them when he is no longer the president? Besides, Former presidents get intelligence briefings, I guess, for their own security and safety and really whatever, this guy will be fine. And they get it because occasionally presidents like to go to former presidents as wise old sages in order to get advice. Need I say that nobody will ever go to Donald Trump looking for advice. How to be a cult leader? Maybe. But anything that actually requires an intelligence briefing and has to do with the running of America or decision-making or thoughtfulness, no one will ever go to him. No sane person. So why would he, why would he give him intelligence briefings? That added, of course, to the fact, as we have discussed so many times on this show, the president of the United States would not be able to get a, a classified clearance if he had to do that. The President of the United States has shown throughout his administration that he can't keep his mouth shut and he discloses secret U.S. intelligence and secret Israeli intelligence, let's not forget, to our worst adversaries while showing off. So, giving the former President of the United States intelligence briefings would be both a waste of time and, let's be clear, a danger to the interests of the United States of America. When the former principal deputy director of national intelligence under Donald Trump, Sue Gordon, says that there's no reason he should be getting these, that he should not be getting intelligence briefings, it kind of says all you need to know about the former president. Although, you know a lot more than that. A lot more probably than you'd like to know. Anyway, on the positive front, Yes, in case you didn't know where this was headed, really good news this week. We are celebrating, we are popping champagne corks. Why? 
Rush Limbaugh is dead. Wait, or is he? Maybe it's just a plot to make us think he's dead. Maybe this is just the liberal media to try to limit his influence. The Onion had, a, had another great headline this week. Doctor assures Limbaugh family it's normal for the body to continue ranting about welfare queens hours after death. So maybe it's just a liberal plot to hide Rush Limbaugh. Anyway, lest I be seen as inappropriately celebrating the death of a, shall I say, fellow human being? Mm, Okay, we'll err on the side of generosity here. Lest I be accused of of being less than sensitive and, and considerate, let's remember that this former piece of human trash was a blatant sexist, racist, homophobe, anti LGBTQ community. He was, of course, we could also, he was vehemently anti drugs, was in favor of executing people who abuse drugs. Oops, until we found, reminder in case you've missed this one for a while, that it turns out that while he was talking about executing people who were abusing drugs and dealing drugs, it turns out that Rush Limbaugh was an opioid addict who was having his housekeeper go out and score OxyContin for him while he was on his show ranting about the evils of drugs and people who use them. Let's not forget, as we may feel inclined to not speak ill of the dead, this one we really want to keep speaking ill of. He was a lifelong climate denier. In fact, it is fitting that one of his last acts before he passed away, was to be complicit in murder. Because being a climate denialist as he was, he, of course, was complicit in the murder of people, probably tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, or millions of people around the world, who his arguments against climate change helped cut off any kind of effort to deal with with the ravages of climate change. More on that, of course, in a few minutes. He was also a COVID denier. And that to the thousands of people he helped murder. People who listened to him and thought he was the voice of God, when in fact he was the voice of fucking shit, if shit could speak. And when he was denying COVID, he might, well, he doesn't rival Donald Trump, but but he's up there giving Donald Trump a run for his money in having murdered tens of thousands of Americans through his denial of COVID. Rush Limbaugh represented so much of what is wrong with the United States. The fact that he had no problem lying because it was very lucrative for him to do so. The man made hundreds of millions of dollars, if not more. Hundreds of millions of dollars by spreading lies, venom, and death through a microphone. We are reminded of what's wrong with the U.S., not only that pieces of shit like this get to survive, we're also reminded that there's little justice in the world and there's little accountability. That for many, it's almost just a game. One of my truly sad moments was finding out that this man who had nothing good to say about the LGBTQ community, nevertheless got Elton John to perform at one of his weddings.
by paying him enough money. Showing that money makes the world go around, or in many cases like this, just makes the world stop. In many respects, Rush Limbaugh, as is now being said in the encomiums about him, paved the way for Donald Trump. He paved the way for Donald Trump by spreading lies and by showing that there was a huge audience of million Ameri- millions of Americans who were so fucking stupid and so willing to join a cult that all they were waiting for was the cult leader to take them across the finish line of the White House doorway. To give you an idea how brain-dead his listeners were and how much he knew them to be dead, Rush Limbaugh referred to his own to his own loyal followers as ditto heads. Kind of an appropriate term there. One of the few things that Rush Limbaugh said that actually had some meaningfulness. Ditto heads. Because God forbid they had an independent thought of their own. He controlled the morons even before Donald Trump did. And he showed people like Donald Trump that there was a whole moron army just ready to be implemented. He was the self-described and described by other titular head of the Republican Party. Republicans cowered before him as they did before Donald Trump. They were afraid of him. On the rare occasions where some Republican would come out and say something honest, would slip up, what's, what's known, what is it known as a, as a gaffe? in the world of politics is accidentally telling, saying something that's true. That's certainly true in Republican circles. Occasionally, a Republican would slip up. And when Rush Limbaugh had done something particularly noxious, particularly offensive, particularly against the interests of America and decency, etc., a Republican would, would criticize him mildly for it. Within a day, that Republican would come contrite, tail between his or her legs, on to Rush Limbaugh's show to beg forgiveness. Sound familiar? Anyway, to give you an idea how bad Rush Limbaugh was, in case I haven't given you that idea yet, Donald Trump awarded him the Presidential Medal of Freedom. In another sign of just how fucked up the world is, and certainly how fucked up Donald Trump is, and yes, how fucked up Rush Limbaugh was, Boy, did they deserve each other. He, of course, died, Rush Limbaugh fittingly, insisting that Joe Biden had not won the election that he had won in a landslide by more than 7 million votes. Anyway, speaking of people who don't accept reality and speaking of Rush Limbaugh killing people with COVID, let's briefly give the latest updates on COVID, as I do pretty much every show. We are, as I go to air here, approaching 28 million Americans who have come down with the virus. We are seeing more variants spreading across the United States, and we wonder what that's going to mean for the future. We are already seeing that the vaccines that work so well against COVID may be working less well against some of the strains. So when I say that we are just about at 490,000 dead Americans, according to the CDC, and by the time I speak to you next, we will undoubtedly have passed the half a million mark 
in American deaths alone. We are reminded, despite the fact that the vaccines are ramping up, that we are a long way from home on this one. We got that reminder again in the form of former Representative Ron White of Texas, who became the first sitting congressman this week to die of COVID. Lest I seem to be celebrating, well, whatever. He was a Republican. He was a COVID denier. I'm sure at least that his family can take some comfort at this difficult time from the fact that he died from a disease that does not exist. That's got to be comforting. Also, his family's probably a little bit comforted by the fact that he's not so much dead as lobbying God to overturn the election results and make Donald Trump the undisputed president. Because, of course, Ron White, and again, here I am speaking ill of the dead again, Ron White argued that we should overturn the election results. Ron White, who is a congressperson from Texas, signed on to the efforts to overturn the election results in other states. So, maybe not so much dead as lobbying God to overturn the election. Or for that matter, uh, Ron White was a well-known anti-abortion advocate, passing bills to prevent women from exercising the right to get an abortion. Maybe he's just fighting, like he fought for pre-life rights before. Maybe he's fighting for post-life rights right now. It's all part of the strategy. Anyway, speaking of fighting and strategy, that, that's it for the fun news. Now we get to the usual misery that we have each week. And on that score, uh, winter storms all across America, including in places where they've not had winter before. And yes, I'm talking to you, Texas. There are, in case you somehow have missed this, there are power outages throughout Texas. There is snow throughout Texas, like real snow. I remember years ago, I've been telling this to anyone who would listen, probably on the show at some point before. Years ago, I, I had an aunt and cousins in, in Texas, and I still do have friends and cousins in Texas. But years ago, I was visiting Texas, and I remember I was at a mall with, with my mother at the time, and people started running to the windows. Wow, what's going on? People running to the windows. I, we walked to the windows, and... If you looked long enough, you could see a couple of snow flurries, like literally like a couple of snow flurries. I remember nothing that would ever stick to the ground or anything. And I remember turning to my mother and saying, now watch, they're going to shut the whole city down. Within a few minutes, they shut the whole city down. There was a little, now to be fair, the city just wasn't set up for there to be any snow. The freeway on ramps in many places were so steep and so curvy that you just couldn't deal with it if you had to, if you had to go through any snow. This is how much expectation that they had that, of course, there was there was going to be this kind of snow throughout Texas that was going to lead to all this devastation, all this outages, all these losses of heat, and therefore deaths. It is so bad in Texas that Texas Senator Ted Cruz had to fly to Mexico to try to seek help for Texas. 
No, they, 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 haven't, they haven't settled on that one yet. They, they will soon. Give them time. Right now, of course, the story is that Ted Cruz went to Cancun on vacation, the senator from Texas, while Texas was suffering all of this devastation, this misery, these power outages, people dying, all these weather problems. Give it a couple of days and some GOP brilliant liar will come up with the idea that he was going there asking for help. But anyway, right now, it, they haven't yet thought of that. But the, the, the senator from Texas, Ted Cruz, the big Trump supporter, the guy who's still seeking to overturn elections, the guy who wants to follow Donald Trump, who wants to run for president in 2024 as the Trump candidate, went to Cancun while his state was suffering. Um, this is a reminder to those of us who live in the real world about something called climate change. And it is another reminder of the fact that climate change is already wreaking devastation, havoc, and causing deaths, not only worldwide, but now coming to America. Because yes, all of this weather can, to a large extent, be attributed to climate change and what is expected to happen because of climate change. So it is something that, in fact, even though it's almost unprecedented, should have been expected. So we are now discussing why it was so unexpected, apparently, and why Texas seemed to be so unprepared for this. Before we get into the storyline, let me just be clear as to why this happened and this is so bad. The, the storms happened because of climate change. But the power outages, the fact that Texas was absolutely unprepared and unable to deal with this, stemmed from a few things. One was private companies, private utilities, profit-maximizing entities simply do not find it profitable to prepare for unexpected contingencies. They know they're going to get bailed out in the eventuality that something like this happens. They know they're going to get saved. But in any event, it's not worth it to prepare for the worst. And here, it was not profitable for utility companies to prepare for winter. It is also a function of government not doing its job to regulate, and to prepare, and to protect its citizens. Texas, someone asked me in class the other day, well, why are people leaving liberal states and moving to states like Texas? Well, because people don't prepare for the future either. People move to Texas because there aren't taxes. They rely on oil revenues. And also because, well, they don't invest in their own state. So the air you breathe is killing you, but ah, people aren't informed about that and don't think about that kind of thing. The water you drink is disgusting. Oh, that's not the kind of thing you think about. Texas lets its infrastructure language, its its safety and health for its citizens, not its freaking problem. Its government doesn't, doesn't do its job. How bad was this? Texas officials were warned by federal officials that they should winterize. They were, they were recommended, it was recommended that they winterize their power facilities for this eventuality. And Texas officials ignored them. It would cost money. It might require them to actually tax a corporation or something. 
So they weren't going to do it. So this is what happens when you have the absence of government, when government doesn't do its job in protecting the people and lets corporations worry about their own bottom line without any countervailing considerations like saving human lives. So Texas saved a few dollars. We are reminded as we were during COVID, as I've talked about before, this whole efficiency thing, we really need to be looking at this again. Because it turns out that cutting everything to the bone and being as efficient as possible and cutting your costs to a minimum, that works fine as long as everything goes as planned. But as soon as something unexpected arises, you now no longer have the ability to deal with it. And as a result, people in Texas are living without heat, they are living without electricity, and they are dying. So, as the right puts it, this is all government's fault and renewable energy's fault. And yes, I'm not making this up. You probably already have heard this. Among others, the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, who came out and said, this is wind power's fault. Yes, the problem here is we need more fossil fuels. Just to be clear, it's not wind power's fault. It's not the fact that some people in America think that not destroying the planet would be a good idea. The, the lesson here is not to ignore climate change. That is not the lesson here. Sorry, Governor Abbott and morons who might actually want to listen to him and the others who are repeating what he is saying. This is, this is in the great tradition of the Republican Party saying masks cause COVID. Right. Renewable energy causes problems with your electrical grid and apparently causes the climate change that leads to the storms in the first place. Well, I must say at this point, I'm a little bit disappointed in Fox News. Yes, disappointed in Fox News. This is the best they could come up with, blaming it on renewable energy? Not Antifa? You can't, you can't blame this on Antifa? How about Black Lives Matter? Come on, put your collective heads together and make up some bigger line than that. Couldn't it be immigrants making the state sag or something and causing this to happen? You guys need to be more creative. You know, just why don't you call up Marjorie Taylor Greene, your Republican congresswoman, right? She'll... She'll show you, presumably, that it was Jewish space lasers that did this. Come on, you could do better than renewable energy and wind power. That's, that's just, it's so boring. Come on, Fox News, make up better shit, will you? You're not even entertaining anymore. So, we should be learning more about what happens when you cut to the bone and there's no preparation for contingencies. Again, another reminder that all of our focus on efficiency, efficiency, efficiency over the last bunch of years, that all works great. But the first time you have something unexpected, all the money you saved all those years is a fraction of what's needed to deal with the problem that you now have created for yourself. Anyway, before we leave the storms in Texas and what big jackasses these people are, uh, I want to um, talk about former governor of Texas, Rick Perry, who pointed out, retweeting Governor Greg Abbott's bullshit, that Texas would go more than three days without electricity and heat in order to keep the federal government away. That's right, because there's nothing more important than keeping that federal government out. 
As as we said with respect to, I don't remember on this show. It may have been Hurricane Maria, one of the hurricanes in the. It was, no, it was one of the ones in the South. It wouldn't have been in Puerto Rico. That Ronald Reagan's famous nine words, the the, the scariest words in the English language. I'm from the government and, and I'm here to help. How offensive this is. Here's news for you, Rick Perry, living in your mansion, wherever the fuck you are, with plenty of heat, electricity, generators, whatever the hell you need, getting on your private plane to fly someplace where the storms aren't so bad. I would bet that millions of your fellow fucking citizens would be goddamn happy for a handout from the federal government to save their lives at this point and give them some electricity. But let's, of course, be, not be too hard on Rick Perry because this gives us an opportunity to remember again who Rick Perry is. Rick Perry, remember, was the great white hope a few years ago in the Republican primary when the Republicans nominated Mitt Romney to run against Barack Obama, but the Republicans never really liked Mitt Romney. They never quite trusted him. I wonder why that could be. Oh, right. He voted for impeachment. Turns out the Republicans were right all along. They never trusted Mitt Romney. They didn't think he was quite cultist enough. And at one point, Rick Perry, the former governor of Texas, was the man who was going to ride in on his white horse and save the Republican Party from a guy who might actually have some decency and some brains and therefore completely violates basic Republican beliefs. And Rick Perry was the white knight for about a day. And then there was a Republican debate. And in that Republican debate, Rick Perry went down in flames, as did his candidacy for the presidency or for the presidential nomination on the part of the Republican Party, when Rick Perry so famously said, I want to eliminate three federal government departments. Education, I don't remember what the second one was, commerce, whatever. And, oops, uh, I can't remember what the third one is. Oops, that's not good. That's what he said. He, so his, his plan to run for president was to eliminate three cabinet-level departments of the United States government, but he couldn't remember what they were. The story got even better when a few years later, Rick Perry was made energy secretary by Donald Trump, and it turns out that was the department he wanted to eliminate but he forgot. So he was named to head the department that he wanted to eliminate, but couldn't remember that it existed and he wanted to eliminate it. And then when he was named head of the energy department, he said, wow, this job is in control of nuclear weapons and stuff. I didn't know that. Showing that this man was running for president on a platform of eliminating the energy department, which he couldn't remember that that was what his platform was. And he didn't even know what the fucking energy department did. Great white hope of the Republican Party. Guy who still has the nerve to speak out because in the Republican Party, if you are a fucking discredited moron, why, that makes you a king. We should at least take off a big fat 10-gallon hat to Texas right now because at least through their own mistakes and their own incompetence and their own cries for freedom, they're killing themselves. They're not killing others as they are when they refuse to wear masks. This storm, bottom line, is self-inflicted. Anyway, um, 
speaking of Republicans as we were, this is now the, I'm going to go into the lie down with dogs, wake up with fleas portion of the program. And that leads me to the Lincoln Project and John Weaver, a longtime Republican and one of the co-founders of the Lincoln Project. You guys probably will recall that the Lincoln Project is a group of Republicans who were never Trumpers, who hated Donald Trump, and ran some very effective ads attacking Donald Trump leading up to the election. They hated Donald Trump. I have spoken somewhat and somewhat in praise of the Lincoln Project. Certainly they had some powerful ads, but I've also warned throughout on this show, remember who these people are. Remember they're lifelong Republicans. Remember that one of the co-founders who's now left the organization because he's so revolted by, well, the story I'm about to give you, was Steve Schmidt, who as, as John McCain's campaign chairman brought us Sarah Palin, who was Donald Trump before there was Donald Trump. But anyway, Lying down with dogs. The Lincoln Project is in a lot of trouble right now. There may be no Lincoln Project. The The leaders have all fled from it. Why? Because it turns out that John Weaver, one of the co-founders, um, well, it sounds like he was sending a whole lot of inappropriate sexual text messages and, and, and in a special problem in the Republican Party they were to men. Let's not forget that one if you're a Republican. And apparently there were also some allegations of mismanaging his finances. After the fact, it looks like there may be some problems with the fact that people in the Lincoln Project knew that John Weaver was engaging in the sexual misconduct and didn't and didn't do anything about it and kept it quiet. So I hate too much to say rest in peace Lincoln Project they did good during the election and maybe have had some role in Donald Trump losing the election or at least losing the election so badly that he actually lost the election. But let's also remember, this may be what passes as good Republicans. Yeah, these guys are the good Republicans. And yet, maybe good Republicans really does need to be said in air quotes. That, the, that if you are the least smelly of a particularly smelly sewer, you, you still kind of smell like shit. So remember that these are still the better Republicans, the ones covering up the sexual misconduct and sending sexual messages. So speaking of Republicans and misconduct, our last story of today's show is, of course, impeachment. Yes, in in another edition of shocking but not the least bit surprising during the Trump administration, something that we have talked about at length because of how common it was. One after another, shocking revelation that because it was the Trump administration was absolutely not at all surprising. Because it was the Republican Party, not at all surprising. It is shocking that this president, who instigated a riot, an assault on the United States government, who spent months delegitimizing a United States election and trying to overturn that election, only in part by inciting a mob to violent insurrection, that this man 
was acquitted. Donald Trump won in his impeachment trial as we knew was going to happen. He won 43 to 57. Yes, 43 to 57. In other words, he won in his impeachment trial the same way that Republicans win presidential elections by getting fewer votes. Yes, of course, uh, maybe Trump thinks it's golf. I know he's celebrating right now. He got away. I think maybe he thinks that having the lower score was a good thing. Maybe that's why he, he keeps thinking he won the he, he won the presidential election. Uh, is it the lower score, the, the one that wins? Why am I always lying about how few, few shots I've taken? Anyway, Donald Trump got 43% of the vote in the United States Senate. He lost seven Republicans, but he still won in his impeachment. Moscow Mitch, as we've talked about, the former Senate majority leader, the now Senate minority leader, the head of the Republican Party in the Senate, the total control of the Republican Party in the Senate, was one of the 43 who voted to acquit the President of the United States. He tried to then, as he always does, have it both ways and salvage his reputation by after he voted to acquit this criminal who put his life and the lives of hundreds of his of his colleagues in jeopardy. He went on the floor of the Senate and said, there is no, there is no question. I can't, I, I have to practice my Mitch McConnell. Sorry, my Moscow match. There is no question, none, that President Trump is practically and morally responsible for provoking the events of January 6th of that day. The attack on the Capitol, Moscow Mitch argued, was an, was an effect of the intensifying crescendo of conspiracy theories orchestrated by an outgoing president who seemed determined to either overturn the voters' decision or else torch our institutions on the way out. Once it began, said McConnell, Moscow Mitch, Trump, quote, again, watched television happily, happily, as the chaos unfolded. Let me be clear. This is the guy who voted to acquit. This is, this is one of the guys on Trump's side saying what he did. Yes, M- Moscow Mitch and a bunch of the other Republicans came up with some bullshit, bogus, he's out of office and therefore this is inappropriate legal argument which doesn't hold any water, in part because this isn't the first time this has happened. It's happened under Thomas Jefferson, apparently, you know, one of our founders. Uh, it's They use bogus free speech arguments all so that they could reach the result that was preordained and that they absolutely needed to reach. Despite all this, despite the fact that it was obvious this result was preordained, the Republicans were not going to vote to convict one of their own. House managers seem to think that by putting on a strong case, by showing Republican senators how near they recently were to possible death, how near so many of their colleagues were to death, how police officers were killed, attacked, and how violent it was, that maybe they would convince 17 Republicans to show a little bit of integrity. Well, they did succeed. They succeeded enormously by getting seven Republicans, seven criminals 
to actually vote for what was obvious and what needed to be done. The rest, of course, the other 43 Republicans, will convince themselves that some bogus legal argument gives them an out. They will, within a few weeks, they will already have convinced themselves that it never happened. Think I'm kidding? They already have Kevin McCarthy, the House Republican House leader, has already come out and downplayed the whole thing. Oh, this was never really violence. It's just a whole bunch of people pushing each other. Not a big deal. In order to try to get a conviction, the House managers bent over backwards to try to appeal to Republicans as colleagues, as reasonable human beings, as people who might have some interest in in decency at all. And that led to hagiography of Vice President Mike Pence, which frankly was revolting. The way they spoke up Mike Pence, who, of course, whose life was very possibly pretty at risk while this was going on. The Pence hagiography was absolutely revolting, although I must point out, this has given me thinking about this, the man is is a disgusting piece of shit, but I have been a little unfair to Mike Pence, I think, over the years, and I I should speak up for him a little bit because it has dawned on me that Mike Pence is the first sitting Republican vice president not to shoot someone in the face while they were in office since Bob Dole. Go ask your grandparents who Bob Dole was. So I don't think the guy gets enough credit for that. He did not shoot anybody in the face while he was vice president. That's about all I'm going to say positive about Mike Pence. I'm not an impeachment manager. I don't have to. But anyway, the House manager's we're hoping that maybe they had a shot at some kind of fair and decent result because in large part, they were giving the GOP and its enablers an out. They were giving them a chance to get out from under the thumb of Donald Trump. They could finally get rid of this guy for the Republican Party, many of whom would like to get rid of him, even those who are emulating him, who want to be him because they don't have to worry about running against him in 2024. That's including but not limited to Moscow Mitch, who all reports indicate absolutely hated Donald Trump. No surprise. But none of that mattered. None of it mattered because, more than anything else, the Republican Party is a cult. And it has been for a long time. And the fact is, no matter what it was, an attack from without, the cult was going to rally around the cult. They are too partisan. And they would say, yes, he may have tried to destroy America. Yes, he may have put my life at risk. But he's our guy. He has a Republican in his name. We will not do anything that is decent. It is a reminder that the Republican Party, despite what the House managers were hoping for, they are too afraid of their base. They are too afraid of these toxic morons to even indict a criminal who, or to even convict, I guess, a criminal who put their lives at risk and tried to overturn the government of the United States of America from within the White House. The future, in case you don't know that, just got even scarier. We are continue, we are reminded, to underestimate just how stupid, insane, and dangerous Republican voters are. Their leaders know it. Their leaders are afraid of them. But the rest of us, we just go on a merry way without understanding that these people will make America Nazi Germany if they can. It is, we are reminded, not enough reason 
with what happened here to Trump not to try to bring down a country if you can do that and remain in office. It is a reminder that maybe the biggest mistake Donald Trump made is not succeeding in his effort to turn this country into an autocracy. The next guy may very well do a better job of it. Might be Ted Cruz if he ever comes back from from Mexico. Meanwhile, Joe Biden continues to move ahead on talking bipartisanship and trying to reach out to Republican senators who voted that it was okay to incite an insurrection against the United States of America. This is a reminder that the Republican Party is indeed and remains one of the greatest criminal organizations of all time. Like the mafia in America, the drug cartels, the yes, the Nazis, Soviet Russia, I'll throw that in there, evangelical Christians, corporate America, just add the GOP to the great criminal organizations of all time. They might pay lip service to caring about America, but they don't. They only care about themselves. And what would a criminal organization be without the family? The family that supports the criminal organization? The angry white men that are the Trump supporters. Before I leave you today, I'll share this story with you. Over the weekend, I was taking a ride with my family and we were on the Island Expressway in Suffolk County and we saw, we got next to a huge parade of cars. It may have last, it may have been a mile, maybe not quite that. It was a very long parade of, well, I say cars, but of course it primarily wasn't cars. It was huge pickup trucks and SUVs. Of course, you know where I'm going with this. All Trump supporters, This was a Trump-supporting parade in Suffolk County of New York on the Long Island Expressway. Trump parade. You could tell that because they had huge flags. Sometimes the U.S. flag, but usually boulderized. Sometimes blue lives matter. Yes, they don't even understand the irony of that. Big signs saying, I like this one, fuck Biden. This is what they were trailing behind their big pickup trucks. These are the guys who probably are motivated by Christianity to support Donald Trump, running the fuck Biden flags on the Long Island Expressway. If they're not the actual evangelicals, they're in bed with them, not doing anything inappropriate, of course, because they're not married and they're not procreating. But still in bed with them. Fuck Biden flags. You know, Donald Trump was a piece of shit and a criminal and destroyed America and resulted in 10,000. I still don't remember anybody with fuck Trump flags. But, you know, people on the left, when I went to rallies that were anti-Trump rallies, they were creative. Their signs were funny. They were relevant. They actually said something. Trump supporters, they're fucking proud that they could spell fuck in their fuck Biden flags. But what was really fun, speaking to these fucking morons on the Long Island Expressway, I loved looking at all the Trump-Pence bumper stickers. Oops. Uh Uh-oh. You got to get that one off your truck, asshole. Mike, don't you want to hang Mike Pence? You don't want Pence on your bumper sticker. You got to cut that bumper sticker in half, dude. Driving around with a with a Pence bumper sticker, don't even understand what you're doing. And then, of course, there were the large number with Blue Lives Matter flags. That's right, 
Blue Lives Matter flags, fresh off watching the video of your angry mob attacking fucking police officers, calling them names, killing a few, you still have the fucking brains to have a Blue Lives Matter sign on the back of your truck. Why? Because you are that fucking stupid. And ultimately, more than anything else, we are reminded that continues to define the Trump supporter. That's today's show. I'll be back with you soon. Until then, stay safe and be well. You've been listening to Forward Nation Radio with David Leventhal. 